pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball. scored. scored in the corner. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Excitement all round as me and Daniel Friend are joined by long-lost panellist Miles Stedman and ATH rookie Chris Waring to talk about those dang Tigers, give predictions for the NRLW Grand Final and Round 5 of the NRL, and talk about which sides have surprised us the most. Enjoy. Dudes, I'm feeling a bit awkward at the moment because I've got my brand new piece of meat, my long lost love, and my regular piece all in the same room at the moment. We've got Christopher wearing my the fresh blood of the podcast at Above the Horizontal uh, for his debut episode, sort of, Chris, because people might remember you from the very first episode of Above the Horizontal. How are you going tonight? Not too bad, Bowden. I feel like I was previously a Mara Fennec, but now I'm a panel member. So it's nice to get that promotion a year or so later. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you were kind of a... The, the very first episode was about the 2010 uh, preliminary final between the Tigers and the Roosters, and you are a Tigers fan. So, yeah, you, you kind of were the Mario Fennec. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you have you have been promoted. Uh, the laugh you just heard there was my long-lost lover, Miles Stedman. Glad to have you back. We haven't heard about you from the... From since the auction at the start of the season, even before that. So, uh, so welcome back to the pod. How are you being? Uh, very busy, evidently, but um, starting to uh, hit Bitcoin waters here now. So, very happy to be back on the pod. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to have you back, as is Daniel Friend, who has... He'll be able to share the load of my attention now uh, with a lot of you, my, my regular piece, Friendy. How are you going this week? I'm well, mate. Uh, I'll leave the share the load comment out of it <laughs> so, uh, yeah i'm very well please don't edit that party out that was cool. <laughs> that's twice in a row you've got me on some sort of like euphemism <laughs> after the uh the queensland country bank stadium let's call it <laughs> let's talk about last week's tips chris you're brand new to the pod but because you're part of our tipping competition i know that you got seven out of eight and i'm going to guess that your bold prediction might have been that aj brimson will score in the last minute to defeat your wounded tigers was that correct or not really that was definitely it, and I take no solace in being so correct in that picture. <laughs> well done to you. Miles, you also got seven out of eight. It was one of those weeks where I think a lot of the favourites had a win, but you did not have a bold prediction. Kieran also got seven out of eight. His bold prediction was that two centres from the Roosters-Cowboys game would score, and that was true, and that he also wanted Tommy Turbo to score two tries, and he only scored one. So close but no cigar for Kieran Gibson as he enjoys his burger with his brother at Ribs and Burgers right now. Uh, I got seven out of eight, and my bold was that uh, at least four 13-plus victories this week. And honestly, I don't even want to take it. Like, there was seven. I don't want to take it. I think it was, I think it was a bit... Weak source, so uh, I'm not going to claim victory there. Uh, someone that can claim victory, at least for the tipping this week, is Friendy. You got the perfect eight out of eight. Cleary, however, did not score 12 points, but still going to be happy with eight out of eight. Yeah, I'll take the first full big full book for the year. Uh, hopefully, there's more to come. Um, certainly, bump me up a little bit in our school tipping comp, which has got some funny rules about um, perfect rounds and things like that. So yeah, I'll take that. And Cleary um, was only half the Cleary that I needed on the weekend, but yeah, <laughs> he's, he's still my favourite. He had a little bit of a wayward 
boot, didn't he? He missed a couple um, of conversions. He did. I, I must say, I didn't see a heap of footy. Uh, I was down in Mexico or, or Melbourne uh, <laughs> the weekend. Um, but yeah, from what I did see of that game, he, he couldn't uh, couldn't have hit a barn door from in front. <laughs> Suffice to say, you uh, you took my advice and drank somewhat responsibly at pub golf because you are here to tell the tale. So uh, thank you for doing that. Let's move on to the wildcard awards, and it only feels fair to uh, let the debutant have first crack at wildcards. So, Chris Waring, what is your wildcard this week? In traditional ATH fashion, it has a political leaning for those Ozpol fans at home, including Miles Stedman. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've gone with the, I quote, I don't hold a hose award. <laughs> it's awarded to the West Tigers board. Yeah. So in the times of playing crisis, they deflect Morris' responsibility of playing affairs as they're at the front saying, nothing to see here, Ella Frank Draven in the naked gun, boasting <laughs> on social medias this week that the Tigers have reached 20,000 members. An amazing feat given the current state of affairs, as based on the last two first grade performances, you'd rather take a punt on watching your local second grade or under 16 team for better quality of footy because it has been abysmal. It really, really has. Uh, and thank you for the political joke. Uh, I'm sure, Miles, even you would get that one, wouldn't you? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was after the bushfire, uh, during the bushfires, and Scotty Morrison was like, oh, I don't hold a hose. It's okay if I go to Hawaii. I don't hold a hose. It's like, oh, mate, tone deaf. Um, Miles Stedman, uh, Mr. Ozpole himself, what's your wildcard <laughs> award this week? Well, I have the uh, Justin Trudeau. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, Traditionally, if you remember, uh, listeners, uh, I do not name my wildcard awards. I just hand them out uh, somewhat willy-nilly, and I'm I'm giving mine to Bryce Cartwright uh, this week for that incredible uh, assist that who'd have thought he even had it in him, Uh, or Bryce, too. I can't even remember who who scored the try there, but I think uh, naming who scored the try would probably only be burying the lead. Uh, Mitchell Moses, Mitchell Moses. Moses. Um, yeah, so congratulations to your uh, 30-second career revival, Bryce Cartwright. <laughs> I, was, I was reading on, on the NRL subreddit, because uh, that was the top post of the week, as you can understand. It was fantastic. And someone was just like, there we go. He's earned himself three months of... Uh, media like immunity essentially <laughs> like they'll leave him alone for a little bit now like they did in the old Panthers days it was a fantastic that's as, pass. That's as a, probably as immune as Bryce Cartwright is getting from what I hear <laughs> hey yo I'm it's good to have you back Miles <laughs> <laughs> good to be back uh, Friendy what's your wildcard award this week my wild card award this week, Bo, is the Jada Pinkett Smith Award, and it goes to <laughs> Caitlin Ponga because it feels like he's cheating on me and my Knights fan. <laughs> Damn. He's out, yeah, he's gone out and had lunch with someone else. It happens to be Wayne Bennett. What a good sort. Um, so, yeah, especially after a loss, um, yeah, it wasn't the best look for the captain of our club. Apparently, he's going to sign for another five years with us on all of our money. Um, so hopefully he plays, but yeah, he's in the doghouse for a little bit longer with me. Let me, let me pick your brain on this one just a little bit. Um, is it good if, is it good for the Knights as a Knights fan? Is it good for the Knights if they throw more money at Kalen, uh, than he's currently getting, which is a lot, uh, and lock him in for, as you say, like three, four, five years? I, at his best... There is no doubt in my mind that Kalen wins us more games than he he doesn't. However, for the amount of money we're paying him, 
the last year and a bit, we haven't got the value for what we're paying him. So there's plenty of guys about. So Reese Walsh will be off contract. You've got Xavier Savage sitting there who can't get a run. I'm sure you could get them for half or even less than half what we're paying Kalen. So something for the Knights board and recruitment people to weigh up. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not that happy with him at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, Miles has been long on the uh, on the fuck Kalen Ponga train. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I know what you're thinking, Miles. I think there's a few people on that. Yeah, like, and it's, it's increasing. I'm definitely on it. You're on it too, Chris? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not on the fuck Kalen Ponga train, but I think... Uh, I think the Knights should think long and hard about if they want to get into a bidding war with a team that has a bit of a war chest at the moment, the, the Dolphins. Um, I, I think, that, you know, if, they, if they're going to pay him, like, say, $1.5 million a year or something, I think I'd let him go. Yeah. If he wants to come and lead our club like a real captain should, then we should pay him. But until then, I, I still think he's a little bit immature he's still a young man he's only 23 years old or something so um yeah it's a really it's a really big decision for the knights i'd love obviously i'd love for him to stay but yeah it's a lot of money he's yeah and as i said he's out on the couch this week for me yeah (laughs) speaking of uh, couches this this reference will make some sense in a moment i'm i was on a similar train of thought to uh to Chris, mine is called the Rami Malik Award uh, for ruining everything, and it goes to the West Tigers. So I'll tell you a story. So I was looking through the NRL subreddit as I mentioned earlier, and there was a blurred image which indicates it's not safe for work. So thinking it's an NRL subreddit, I'm thinking it could be like a really nasty gash or you know like a head wound or something like that and uh and it was an image right so curiosity got the best of me i open it up and it's not safe for work because it's pornography essentially it was an image of the tigers coaches box with 10 seconds left the score 8-6 to the titans maguire sat there eyes closed looks on the brink of tears as he is completely fucked by his team. <laughs> just, it's just, I mean, usually in porn, if you're watching 17 athletic dudes completely rail somebody, you may elicit another, <laughs> it may elicit another response from me, but it didn't make me feel good. It made me feel sad. And in this way, the Tigers have even managed to ruin porn. So they received the Rami Malik Award for ruining everything this week. <laughs> Um, I don't know how I'm going to get that one through the editor, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Stedman, uh, what did you learn in round four this week? Oh, it's going to be a tough act to follow, Bo. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> I learned that it's going to take the Bulldogs uh, a lot more than just a few signings to turn their club around. Um, but first looks at things would, would seem that the, the club's spine doesn't seem to quite be clicking as well or... Um, as, as probably either Trent Barrett or, or Phil Gould would have hoped. Um, obviously, we all, I think we all saw the, um, the the Matt Burden hit piece that went out uh, a few days ago. I think that was probably a little bit of a beat-up, but still there is, a, I guess, a little bit of basis of truth in there. He's, he's not getting a whole lot of help, and as is such, he, he's not playing quite as well as he was last year, who would have thought. Um, so you, you just sort of wonder how long it's going to take before there's, you know, a big-name casualty or, or Barrett kind of puts his line up in the blender a little bit and, we see some funky things like maybe Matt Burton to fullback or or something like that because you know you, you can't go on getting thumped by the storm, forty whatever it is to zero. 
Well, they have named Kyle Flanagan at halfback this week to partner Burton in the halves. Um, do you think that will improve their chances somewhere <laughs> against the Panthers? Look, I mean, I, I did say that. Uh, I didn't quite consider that, um, you know, break glass in case of emergency, but <laughs> it's, it is getting there. Um, I, I, look, I think that um, Flanagan will provide Burton with uh, a little bit of stability, as he sort of did at the Roosters uh, with, with Luke Keery for the, the brief period of time that those two play together but uh whether he really shoulders any of the playmaking mo- uh playmaking role is is another thing entirely um and that's just uh, you know i don't, I don't want to heap on them but that's sort of really just the start of the problems isn't it it's not certainly not all at, at matt burton's feet nor his his half partner yeah that's a fair comment chris um were you sort of believing the hype a little bit pre-season when people were talking about, oh, the Bulldogs, look at the signings, they're going to race up the ladder, or were you thinking they're, they're pretty much a, a stalemate? No, I think um, they're definitely going in the right direction, but um, similar to, like, the Broncos, it just, it, it just, it just, it just doesn't just change overnight. Mm. Um, same thing that, as you touched on the Flanagan selection, that's now three halfbacks within the first five rounds and I'm not entirely what I suspect they might be doing is that they must know that they're not like a realistic top eight team and they're just trying to filter like who is a half to build with on the future and but same it is it does seem relatively chaotic Uh, in my opinion I think Flanagan has a game I don't think he's an amazing halfback but I think he has the style more likely suited to Matt Burton Mm. especially considering that like obviously going He's probably in a head spin right now playing from the Penrith Panthers, one of the greatest teams of modern memory compared to the Bulldogs who have uh, in the opposite direction. So um, I think people just need to be realistic about where the team's going, but I do think they're going in the right direction, but it's, it's not going to be done in a season. That sounds like a fair comment, Friendy. Uh, you had them as wooden spooners at the preseason. Are you still feeling pretty confident about that? Yeah, I'm still pretty confident about that. I, I'm sure the Tigers will jag a couple along the way somewhere. Uh, I just cannot see the Bulldogs beating majority of sides, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you think Flanagan's an improvement? Um, considering that Avarillo doesn't seem like a natural half, they've moved him into the centres, uh, wake him to the bench, Flanagan to start at halfback? Yeah, I think, as Chris said, he has the game that suits Burton's style a little bit more than the other two. Um, I would have thought... Avarillo, I think he's a he's a genuine five eight. So uh, he probably had that jersey sewn up before Burton came. So they've had to move him out to the centres, which he'll he'll do a job out there. I think overall of the three of them, Wakeham, Avarillo, and and Flanagan, Avarillo's the best footballer. But in terms of actual halfback for what they need right now, yeah, I think Flanagan's the best option. I agree with that take, uh, Chris. What did you learn last week? Um, so I'm going with, I think, Cronulla Sharks are the real deal. Um, I initially held some doubts about them, similar to how we view um, rebuilding teams, or not necessarily rebuilding, but looking to go up a step. Uh, I held some doubts about the Sharks, but I think they're a top five slash, slash uh, top four slash five lock for the season. Mm. I wouldn't go as far as considering them contenders, but based, I've, that's mainly because of how good I consider Penrith and the Storm. Mm. Um, something that surprised me and I, I'm something that I'm, I'm sold on now which I did have a horrific take about Brooks and Hastings compared to Moylan and Hines but we won't touch on that but <laughs> um, the Moylan-Hines combination I think it has been surprisingly effective namely their respective abilities to play make in the attacking 20 of teams which I thought 
they'd probably be good in their own end as they both have you know um, traditional halfback skills but uh, they're, they're pretty good in their attacking team's 20 which is taking me a bit by surprise um, secondly is I think Craig Fitzgibbon, I know it's only early doors, but I think he's obviously bringing the best out of Matt Moylan, who was kind of considered for, a, you know, a recent memory kind of careers on the slow trajectory downwards. Mm. Um, something else I think that uh, I think highlights them as a, you know, a genuine top four team. They're getting the best out of their season vets. So they have Fafida and Tolman coming off the bench who, you know, they're not the the freshest props going around, but they play an effective role, which I think highlights the difference that good coaching makes to teams famously that were in that, you know, bottom bottom eight, sorry, lower lower half of the bottom eight tier. And mm. uh, I think Fitzgibbon's showing that how you you take a team up to that um, top four end. Friendly, if I can pick your brain on this, uh, you had them, you know, anywhere between like, you know, seventh and 11th preseason. And a lot of that was because of, Hines and Moylan as a combination. Now, last week you admitted that you're eating a bit of humble pie, and so did I about uh, Nico Hines. Do you see them as a as a top four, top five potential on on the evidence we've seen? Absolutely. Yep. I think they're hardworking. Uh, they've got damaging ball runners out wide. Uh, they've got speed even further out wide. And Hines and Moylan, you can see their touch footy sort of skills. Um, I know for a fact Nico is an absolute weapon on the touch footy field. They're just playing what they see. Blake Braley is having a really good start to the year as well. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got Wade Graham to come back in, so there's some experience there. I think their coach is doing a great job, and I I, I genuinely think that they could be really pushing the top four at the end of the year. Not to mention the great Connor Tracy um, to come back as well. Uh, Had to shout that one in there for Kieran. Uh, (laughs) He somehow somehow fell out of my notes. That's just... (laughs) (laughs) It's like he fell out of the team. Uh, He's injured. He's injured. Uh, Miles, do you you believe the hype about the Sharks? Yeah, I I think... uh, Look, obviously, it's a long season and anything could happen. But um, I think they look like they are settling into that sort of um, best team outside of the top four category um mm-hmm. aka fifth team <laughs> yeah maybe above uh the the seagulls and, and the rabbitos depending on how many games their respective fullbacks play really but yeah I'd, i'll also put my hand up as having you know heavily doubted that harvest pairing pre-season um hines and, and moylan i didn't think either of them were really suited to play the the positions that they were chosen in for for week one but they've well and truly proved me wrong thus far well, there's so many good fullbacks in the competition at the moment. It makes sense to put a couple of them at six and seven and see how they go. And it, it seems to have done the trick. Um, I, I do, I do just to bring it full circle, Chris. I, I know that you said that Brooks and Hastings may have been better than those two. Maybe, but what about Brooks and Madden? Like, come on. Um, no, never mind. Uh, let's, uh, Friendy, what, Friendy, what did you learn last week? I learned this uh, last week, Bo, that Parramatta, uh, it's sort of a similar one to, to Chris. Uh, pa- I think Parramatta, uh, up to this, up to their eyeballs in this competition. I think Moses is playing really well, and Dylan Brown is playing career best footy. Uh, they've switched back to their preferred, well, certainly Brown's preferred side on the left um, since two years ago. And I think, yeah, I, I really think they can challenge any of the big sides this year. They've already knocked off Melbourne, who admittedly had some injuries that day, but yeah, I. I really think they could get the job done this year. So so you're sort of happy at this stage to put them alongside Panthers Storm as a genuine premiership threat? Probably in the same bracket, but at the bottom of the bracket, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I still think Penrith and Melbourne are the, are the top two. Parramatta just under them. And, and then 
I think that's really your top three. And then I'd probably put the Roosters and the Sharks and, well, a, a fit healthy manly under that. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't have thought anyone outside that would be winning. Now, Chris Waring, um, I don't know if there's some sort of – is there like a, a West's kind of rivalry with the Parramatta Eels? How are you feeling about their supposed uh, potential success? The, the game on the weekend just gone was very impressive. But I think with Parramatta, it's going to be the same story until they prove it otherwise, which is they just need to do it in the finals. I mean, they're a great team. They have the, they have, you know, one of the best lines easily in the, in the competition. It's just going to be, again, I think most things have been said about them. It's, they just need to do it when it matters. And I think that will finally stop, you know, obviously the questions around them. Well, that is the big question, isn't it, uh, about Mitchell Moses being able to, like, he's super impressive between rounds one and 25, but can he go that next level? Miles, do you do you believe the Eels are in that top three bracket and maybe this is their time? Yeah, well, I was, lis- I was listening to, um, to uh, Friendy list off his top six teams there and he's pretty much got them in the exact same order. I'd have Panthers, Storm, Eels, Roosters, Sharks, uh, Seagulls, maybe, if we're lucky at this point. Um and then Rabbitohs, maybe, or Raiders, who knows how it shakes out. But, yeah, as, as Waring said, it's um, it, it's really all about uh, how well the, that spine performs in the finals. I agree. I, I've got my doubts until I actually see it. But, you know, if they put themselves in that top three, uh, they give themselves the best chance, of course. So, we'll see how that goes with bated breath. Uh, what I learned last week was that the Broncos are beatable in the NRLW, uh, which was... A huge shock. We're going to have a new premiere uh, this Sunday. It's the Dragons versus the Roosters in the GF. It's Sunday, 1.30pm from Morton Daly Stadium in Redcliffe, oddly enough. Uh, perhaps they should think about moving that one to Sydney for the Dragons and Roosters. But the Dragons are probably the favourites here, I think, in this one. But the Roosters have uh, some class out wide if they can get the ball to them. Uh, and... Like, you know, Jessica Surges and, and, uh, Isabel Kelly, of course, uh, Corbin Baxter at fullback. You know, they've got some very, very high class players and they beat the Broncos in the semi. So I guess I'm looking for a tip. Friendy, who, who do you like out of the Dragons and Roosters for Sunday? The Jamie Soward coach, Dragons. Uh, their fullback, I can't, can you pronounce her name, Bo? Tonegato. Uh, Tonegato. She oh, is hmm. a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was formerly Australian Rugby Sevens and behind a pack led by Elsie Albert, who I am terrified of. Um, <laughs> I think I think the Dragons will get home, yeah. Well, I listened to Corbin Baxter on 100% footy. She's the fullback for the Roosters. And she was saying, well, if anyone's going to take down Albert, it's going to be Sarah uh, Togatuki. But she is ahead of the judiciary, I think, as we speak. So I, I, will, I, I will have to... See if she gets through because uh, she's an important cog for the Roosters. Been getting lessons off Hargraves. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know that's something like about how to beat the judiciary or how to end up there. Both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, who do you like for the Dragons and Roosters? Uh, I'm going to go Dragons. I think um, I think some of the emotional energy may have been completely used in that win against the uh, Broncos on the weekend. So I'm going to go with the Dragons. They have got a lot of experience as well. Uh, although the Roosters have 10 people that have uh, been in a grand final in the NRLW and the Dragons have five. And that's because the Roosters have stolen a bunch of the Dragons players. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, Miles, you've previously been edging towards the Roosters in this competition. What do you think for this one? 
Uh, give me the dragons by a try on full time. All right. Well, that's, I mean, is that your bold prediction this week? That might be. I wouldn't start that prediction. <laughs> I'm going to go for the Roosters just to be different. Um, but yeah, the Dragons are, are surely the favourites. And I do like uh, an interview that I listened to Holly Wheeler. I think that was also on 100% footy um, a couple of weeks ago. She said the word phenomenal about eight times <laughs> uh, in describing Jamie Soward's coaching. And I'm sure she's just come from the Michael Ennis school of talking. Speaking of. And now it's time for. Phen- Gee, I hate this word. Phenomenal, 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 phenomenal trivia. Okay, guys, so here's how this works. There's going to be three questions. Two of them are relatively current. One of them from the archives. Uh, whoever gets the most points wins. One of the questions has two answers, so it's half a point for each answer. Uh, buzz in with your name. When you do buzz in with your names, I will confirm that you are the person and then you give your answer, okay? That'll also give people at home a chance to play along. So, can I get uh, Friendy, can I get you to test your buzzer? Friendy. Uh, Chris? Chris. And Miles. Miles. That's very good. You all know your names. Fantastic. Uh, okay. So, question one in phenomenal trivia. There's only one answer to this one. Ryan Pappenhausen scored four tries in round four this year against the Bulldogs and in round four last year as well. Against whom? Miles. I'm going to give that one to Miles. Who was it against? Uh, was it against the Rabbitohs? No. Um, I, and so it's open to whoever wants to buzz in. Oh, I'm trying to think. Friendy. Yeah. Oh, I'm a one in 15 chance, aren't I? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, there's no storm, obviously. Or rabbit eyes. Yeah. Let's go with Parramatta. It's not Parramatta. Chris, you get a free run at this. It's not the storm, the rabbit eyes, or the eels. Who did Ryan Pappenhausen score four tries against last year? In fact, I'll... And then one. I'll hold that trivia piece. It's your, you can have a you can have a free crack at this one. A free stab. Okay, I'll have a stab at. It was round four, was it? Yep. Uh, I'll have a stab at the Broncos. It was the Broncos. They, he did it all in the first half. That's right. He scored all yeah. four. I think it was like twenty-four nil at halftime. He scored all four well, of them. I figured it had to be a god awful team, so I was thinking Bulldog, <laughs> Broncos, or West Tigers. So those are my three options. <laughs> Well, well done to you, Chris. Uh, debut game of Phenomenal Trivia, and you are one up so far. So, the question two has two answers. Each answer is worth half a point. Of course, the person that buzzes in first can get both and get the full one point. Okay. Name the two teams who have a completion rate below 70%. Trendy. Yep. Roosters and Manly. Roosters and Manly are both incorrect. Who was buzzing next? Chris. Oh, that was just Chris. That was just Chris. Um, I'll have a go at the Titans and West Tigers. Both incorrect as well. So, Miles, the two teams who have a completion rate below 70%. Well, I was going to guess Titans and Tigers based on last Thursday's game. Um, maybe, I thought um, that would have significantly damaged the... Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Not enough. Maybe um, uh, warriors and dragons. Oh wow, we've all struck out. I mean, we've, all, we've all picked six one, teams. It's one the Rabbitohs. One is the Rabbitohs. 
Uh, and the Raiders, they both have 69%, so they're both the lowest uh, in completion rates. And the Rabbitohs have been, like, particularly against the Storm when they had that big comeback, but they lost by one point in Golden Point. It was abysmal. They were at, like, 50% in that game, and they haven't really been able to recover it for the rest of the time. And the Raiders have been just equally poor with ball handling. So the score is still Chris, one, Miles and Daniel, zero. And the last, the last question i'm looking for one answer it's a number accounting for the nswrl and the nrl so in the entire history of the national competition how many nicknames have the gold coast played under miles Miles? um may i list them off or do i have to give you yeah sure sure uh the giants Mm -hmm. the seagulls Mm mm-hmm uh, I think, and just the Titans is the other one. Three? Three is incorrect. Oh. Who wants to buzz in? I shouldn't have listed them off. <laughs> <laughs> that was silly. Friendy, friendy. Uh, friendy. Uh, yes, it is four. It is, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the answer is the Giants, of course. They started at the Gold Coast Giants. They became the Seagulls, I think it was in 1990, until 1995, Little known fact, by the way, they were very briefly the Gold Coast Gladiators in the nineteen ninety nine, the nineteen ninety six preseason. Rather, um, they were owned by some dude very briefly. His license was revoked, so then they Vince McMahon. Uh, it was no, it was Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Is they never scared? they never played I'm in farmer. they never played in the ARL or NRL or whatever <laughs> um, as the as the Gladiators. So it was the Giants, Seagulls. Chargers, the Gold Coast Chargers, and then the Titans when they came back in 2007. So, that's one point to Friendy and one point to Chris Waring, which means, sorry, Miles, you don't get to play in this particular little bit. We need a tiebreaker. And I'm going to come up with a tiebreaker right now. Um, Okay. So, this is just for Friendy and Chris. Buzz in with your name. The Eels have scored the most points of any team this year so far. How many points have they scored? Oh. It's closest to the pin. So whoever buzzes in first gets first. Friendy. Yep. 120. 120. Chris, what's your uh, guess? Uh, 95. 95. The answer is 124. Daniel Friend is the winner of Phenomenal Trivia. Clap, clap, clap. Well done, Friendy. Congratulations. Phenomenal. Friendy. Phenomenal effort. Do I get a uh, like a hot plate? You get a hot plate. No, you get clapped and you get called phenomenal. That is the that is the prize of winning Free phenomenal ride. trivia. Free ride. I'll take that. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. And phenomenal. A hot plate. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's talk about round five. Uh, first game is the Knights and the Sieg Eagles. It is on Thursday night at seven fifty from McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. I'll take this one. The Knights have decided that the team that lost 18-0 is good enough, so they've gone 1-17 to pretty much, while Tom Travojevic is out for the Sea Eagles. He'll be replaced by Tolotau Kula, I believe that's pronounced that way. Apologies if it's not. Uh, I actually had a bit of trouble with this one, to be honest. Um, Knights at home, Sea Eagles without Turbo. I, mean, I, I am going to go with the Sea Eagles, um, but not with a lot of confidence. Miles, how are you feeling about this one? I think that Tom Trebojevic is is too big a blow to overcome. Um, I think I'm going to go for the Knights. All right. Especially at home. 
Yeah, that's a big factor. Chris, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, a, a difficult one to tip. Um, the Knights have burnt me a few times, but I'm going to go with them again. So I'm going to go Newcastle. All right. And Friendy, going with the heart and the head on this one? Yeah, I'm pretty confident in tipping Newcastle this week. All right. Sounds good. The next game is from... 6 p.m. on Friday. And by the way, all these times I've lined up again now, finally. We don't have to worry about local times. It's all the same because the Daylight Savings has ended. So, it's 6 p.m. from Morton Daily Stadium in Redcliffe. It is the Warriors and the Cowboys. Miles, what's the big team list news over there? Uh, well, I guess the biggest news is that uh, Hamiso Tabuifito is out for the Cowboys and Scott Drinkwater, um, to, to the great mercy of, of Kieran, is replacing him at their fullback. Um <laughs> And the Warriors, uh, they, they've got a few out. Um, Jazz Devaga, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, but um, relatively unchanged. Um, apart from Bunty Afoa replacing Adam Fanua Blake um, uh, among the reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm on the bench, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tipping wise, it is a very close one. Um, I, I don't want to do too big a U turn on the Warriors after what is, in all likelihood, just one pretty good game last week um they do look comfortable playing up at Redcliffe, which is interesting but um i think i am going to go the cowboys who have been i'd say slightly more convincing to this point yes join me um <laughs> yeah <laughs> adam, adam Fanuel blake uh being slightly injured he is named amongst the reserves but uh so he might play of course but uh, they're going to give him as much time as they can because he is key and he was huge for them against the Broncos uh, I know you're a bit of a fan of AFB friendy uh, do you think his potential loss could be huge for the Warriors yeah it is a big hole to fill literally um, <laughs> yeah, but be tipping the Warriors and I'll be doing my Haka Friday night <laughs> I'm obviously going for the Cowboys I'm a Cowboys man it's close enough that we have a chance so I'm going to go the Cowboys uh, Chris who do you like there um, yeah I have no faith in the Warriors I'm going to go with the Cowboys I think they should win pretty convincingly so should we get, should we all do the haka too friendly if the or is that is that cultural appropriation if we do that maybe we shouldn't I don't think I don't know um, okay um, the next game is on a Friday night as well it's also from Brisbane essentially it's at Suncorp Stadium it's at seven fifty five p.m. it's the Broncos and the Roosters Chris uh, any team list news uh, to talk about there Yep so Kurt Capel is back in for the Broncos he plays his hundredth NRL game Jordan Ricky's back as well. In disappointing news for Broncos fans, Jake Turpin also plays his 50th game. <laughs> uh, so Billy Walters comes in for Albert Kelly, who has a concussion from Payne Haas, and he's also injured. Um, yeah, so Broncos and Pat Carrigan's out of injury. Kobe Heavington comes in. Keenan Patsalia starts in place of suspended Tom Flagler. Um, and then the Roosters are 1-17. to Naguama keeps his spot on the wing. Yeah, so I, I think the Broncos, I think they're starting to revert back to as we know them. Mm. Um, they've been really disappointing the last couple of weeks. I think Roosters will win by 13 plus. Yeah, a lot of changes for the Broncos, which, like, you know, obviously some of them are forced. Uh, I, love, I love some of those descriptions. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with the Roosters as well. Miles, uh, what do you think? Yes, I'm also Roosters 13 plus. Friendly? Yeah, I'll be doing the Roosters. Sorry, Broncos fans. Uh, that is actually it's a kiss of death. We probably just got the Broncos thirteen plus just then. Uh, <laughs> the next game is the Raiders and the Storm. This is the start of Super Saturday at three PM from McDonald's Park in Wagga Wagga. How's that for a bit of product placement? McDonald's and Fox Sports getting a shout out with Super Saturday. That's poor form from me, Daniel. Uh, how's the <laughs> form of the team lists? 
team list are the exact same 17. The only change was Frawley moves to the bench and Starling is named in the number nine jersey. But I can't see Melbourne slowing down at all after last week, so I'll be tipping them in a, in a big win. Yeah, me too. Uh, Miles, what do you think? I'll also be tipping Melbourne in a big win. And Chris? Uh, yeah, Melbourne 13 plus. Yeah, uh, the Wagga Wagga factor, not going to get the job done. Uh, but it'll feel like a home game for the Storm when they win by a 1,000. Uh, the next game is from a core stadium at 5.30 on Saturday. It's the Rabbitohs and Dragons. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, Mark Nichols is out with syndesmosis, uh, while the Dragons are continuing with this odd Moses and Bai at fullback and Jack Bird at 5.8 thing they're going with. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing there. Um, I think Anthony Griffin is trying to beat Madge McGuire to lose his job. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rabbitohs. Uh, I just feel like the Dragons feel a lot less threatening with guys like Tyrell Sloan not on the field if they do go that way. Chris, do you think the Rabbitohs or the Dragons for this one? I think it's going to be closer than some people might expect. I, I do. I really like the Dragons forward pack, but the their spine is hopeless outside of Ben Hunt. So I'm going to go South Sydney, but I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything. Okay, interesting. Friendy, what do you think? Anthony Griffin's forgot his medication and the bunnies will flog him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and Miles, what do you think? Uh, I think I'm probably a, a bit close to, to wearing on this one. I, I think the Rabbitohs have been relatively um, unimpressive, all things considered, to start the season. Um, but I, I still think they'll win this one maybe 10 or so points, maybe 8. Yeah, I think uh, maybe I'm guilty of that. Maybe I'm guilty of remembering the Rabbitohs of 2021, 20, you know, and and not remembering that they're actually going a bit shit at the moment. Um, but time will tell. Um, the next game, Miles, you've got this one. It's the Titans and Eels from 7.35 p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Any teamless news to talk of there? Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Um, Titans welcoming a, a few back uh, that were ruled out with COVID last week, uh, both Fermore. Philip Sammy, Isaac Lear, all back in the team. Mm. Um, unfortunately, Jaden Campbell won't be joining them. Um, he's been given another week off um, as a, a young player, probably wise. Uh, and for the Eels, Sean Lane is back um, after missing last week. Um, that's about it for the Eels. Actually, Bryce Cartwright, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, that, that flick pass, not quite good enough to save his spot in the team. He is the uh, 18th man at this stage, so mm. may play, may not. Um, either way, probably won't influence the result all that much. Um, I'd like the Titans to show a little bit here, uh, given that they're playing at home, but also just because I've, part of me is cheering for them. Um, but I, I think the Eels will still probably win this one pretty handily. Yeah, a bunch of us have sort of tipped the Titans to make the eight. Um, and if they're to do this, they're going to have to have a good showing against teams like the Eels. Uh, but just the Eels seem more impressive. So I'm going to go with them. Friendy, what do you think? Yeah, the Eels are airborne at the moment. I think they'll be winning this one, and it might be a high scorer. Yeah, uh, yeah both ways for sure. And and Chris, what do you think? Uh, this alludes to something later on, but I'm going to go to Titans for this one. I think, uh, like you said, I think there's a bit about the Titans that they haven't completely shown, and I think there's going to be a bit of animosity after some controversial decisions in their last meeting. So I'm going to go to Titans by one or two. All right, nice. I like that. And a possible preview for a bold prediction there. Uh, the next game, I just didn't even realize I did this. Uh, Chris, I've got you on the Sharks and Tigers. It's from Points Bet Stadium at 4.05 p.m. on Sunday. 
there has been a little bit of teamless news, if memory serves. What's the what's the latest? Uh, well, last I looked, I haven't. I think they're both one to seventeen. Oh shit! But, okay. Talakai, <laughs> unless I'm wrong. No, I think Talakai, I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so Talakai stays in the centres, which is devastating news to me personally. <laughs> um, unless the big news you were talking to was Thomas McKayley's on an extended West Tigers bench, so I'm not sure what you're referring to. But, um, yeah, so obviously Tigers have kept the same team one to seventeen for some reason, but. So I've got Sharks 13 plus uh, pretty easily, to be honest. Can, uh, I don't think I have to expand much more than that. Can I Can I just pick your brain just very slightly on this? I don't know where I was thinking. Maybe I was wishful thinking. Maybe I was thinking, you know what? The Tigers should have some changes here. Does it frustrate you a little bit as a Tigers fan? You know, watching that, that would have been a heartbreaking loss um, on Thursday night, the way that it happened, especially. Um, and... Are you a bit frustrated that there doesn't seem to be a lot of, you know, change happening? Yes. Uh, you know, you're zero and five, but the team list has been roughly the same, barring the only real changes have been injuries, and we have a few. But, um, yeah, when you're literally not scoring any points for – I think it's the sign of a coach that's desperate and perhaps somewhat stubborn in backing his players and knowing if he doesn't back his players, that's going to cause issues. So mm. I think it's – I think it's a – it's you know a death knell of the the coaching role, but um, yeah, it is personally frustrating. But I also like I understand the coaching rationale behind it. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Miles, who do you like out of the Sharks and Tigers? Uh, I like the Sharks. I'm afraid. I am also not brave enough to tip an upset here. I'm going to go with the Sharks. Friendy, what do you think? Yeah, I'll be tipping the Sharks. I think they're playing good footy, and the Tigers couldn't score with a ball each. <laughs> <laughs> I love your little, uh, little, little uh, I don't even know what to call those I guess just little sayings turns uh, of phrase turns of phrase good one uh, the, the next game and the last game is the well it could be equally lopsided potentially it's the Bulldogs and Panthers it is from Conbank Stadium out at Parramatta at 6.15 on Sunday Friendy as I, as I mentioned before Flanagan is in for the Bulldogs any other team list news to speak of? He is, yeah. So Shane Flanagan's son will wear the number seven for <laughs> Bulldogs. And for the Panthers and defending premiers and ladder leaders, James Fisher-Harris and Liam Martin are back in. Uh, Penrith by as many as they like for me. I think they're going to be, yeah, just playing with the Bulldogs. And, yeah, they're going to do whatever they want to them. Yeah, kind of like playing with your food a little bit, isn't it? Like, uh, like hopefully they don't do that. Hopefully they actually like put them to the sword because I'm, I'm sort of backing them to do the same. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, Panthers for me. Uh, Miles, who do you think? Yeah, I think they'll, um, even though he's 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 in the team, I think they'll probably have that photo of um, the, the leaked security footage of Viliami Kikau and the, the Bulldogs uh, polo up in the, on the bulletin board in the in the locker room, and I think they'll be really looking to punish the Bulldogs. <laughs> and, and Chris, are you brave enough to tip a Bulldogs upset? Certainly not, as... <laughs> Vince McMahon's theme song would say, Bulldogs have no chance in hell. <laughs> how, have we, how did we, uh, an Australian football podcast, come up with two Vince McMahon references in one episode? That's, uh, that's absurd. Guys, let's talk about bold predictions. Uh, Chris, you alluded to yours earlier, so why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think, yeah, so I alluded to it. I think Gold Coast have a good chance to beat Parramatta. Um, actually, I think they will. So I think it's a, it's a vengeance game for the Gold Coast, and as we... That's been topical throughout the week in terms of 
um, you know, top-end teams getting favourable refereeing decisions. I think the Gold Coast will be really amped up for it, and I think they're going to grab the win in a real close one. Yeah, cool. That sounds really good. Um, Miles, bold prediction for you? Gentlemen, Ben Trebojevic. Ben Trebojevic is uh, currently 24th man, if I remember correctly. But I think they could be uh, the Seagulls, hiding him at the, the back of the reserves list there. I think he might get onto the bench and maybe even uh, make an appearance for the Seagulls on uh, Thursday in, as I unfortunately uh, foreshadowed, a close loss. So, Ben Trebojevic to make the field against the Knights is the ball. Yes, I realise. And he's probably be a bit, bit more precise. Let's say he plays at least 10 minutes. All right, cool. I like that. Um, do you reckon he'll go all right? Uh, if he plays at least 10 minutes, I think he'll probably show how talented he is. If he plays one minute, he'll probably stand around and, and watch the football. Bit of Dylan, Dylan Walker <laughs> instead of Origin, a bit of that about it. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and, Friendy, what's your ball prediction this week? Please don't mention Dylan Walker in Origin again. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got scars. Um, my bold this week, Bo, is I've got 60 points in total or more between Ryan Pappenhausen, Latrell Mitchell, Nico Hines, and Nathan Cleary. So an average of 15 each, but um, I reckon they might go big between the four of them. Well, I like yours because we'll be able to keep track of it uh, right until the final game of the round, uh, which I really enjoy. Mine is the exact opposite. Uh, mine is one and done in the first game. Uh, I think... Actually, no, it'll sort of count throughout. Um, the Knights and Seagulls will be numerically the closest game of the round. That's that's my bold prediction. I think I think the Seagulls, I'm still tipping them, but I think the Knights will give it a real shake. And as you guys have all said, you've tipped the Knights. So uh, I think it'll be the closest game. Uh, and then, so that basically means that Chris will be wrong about the Titans and the Eels. I've decided. Sorry, Chris. That's probably a good chance. No, it's not good. <laughs> um, and last thing we'd like to do is, is shout out. So uh, Kieran had a shout out for... Scotty Drinkwater, he wanted me to pass that on. He's, he's very excited about Drinkwater. As you mentioned, Miles, earlier, uh, Drinkwater is playing at fullback, so he wanted to give them a shout-out. And an apology to the Broncos, who he talked up the, in the NRLW, and they since lost. Uh, so he's feeling very bad about that. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Madge. Uh, I hope he's hanging in there okay, as all this evidence that he shouldn't be working there anymore piles up. Friendy, any shout-outs from you? Yeah, I've got one to one of my best mates, uh, Liam Baz O'Farrell, who was part of the Mossman first-grade side who took out the yeah the Sydney first-grade cricket premiership on the weekend and won the Belvedere Cup, which is a uh, quite a coveted trophy. They um, It's the f- first win for Mossman since 1939 when Stan McCabe was captain. So, oh. yeah. Pretty exciting for Baz. He got home at about 9.30 this morning, which is Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, This is from Sunday. He was still in his whites, and he was not in a good way. But, yeah, very happy. Um, Well, trailing on from um, Friendy's um, shout-out with Amateur Sport, uh, congratulations to the University of Kansas for beating North Carolina uh, to win March Madness today in, in hoops. Yeah, I'm going to go with the cricket, the girls' cricket, winning the World Cup final. Uh, specifically, Alyssa Healy with probably the, if not the, but one of the best World Cup final knocks you'll ever see. Yep. 
it's certainly the highest score uh, of male or female in a, in a World Cup final, wasn't it? Just She just saved the best for last. And the, I, I noticed while I was watching it that all the commentators were like, oh, how good is it? You know, Rachel Haynes, she's taken the uh, the new record for runs in a, in a Cricket World Cup for females. And then, and then Healy just walked past her, like later in the same game. But yeah, fantastic, good call. Uh, it, and- it was truly phenomenal, but. <laughs> <laughs> Up the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.